What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Well, when Nick Mullins came to the Vikings via trade, we wondered who would be out, Sean Mannion or Kellen Mond. As it turns out, both are gone. Mond waved yesterday morning, Mannion in the afternoon cuts, and a thought that one of those guys could be back on the practice squad. I heard that all day yesterday. Everybody who was cut, well, you know, if he if he clears waivers, and maybe he won't, he could be brought back to the practice squad. I'm surprised a term of that ilk wasn't trending yesterday on Twitter. It was uttered so many times in every one of these reports. Of course, every guy with four fewer or fewer than four years of service goes through waivers. And yes, you can bring back guys to the practice squad, even veterans now. There's leeway to have guys back who have unlimited service. So that happens today. Yesterday was the cut to 53. Today's the day where we find out who was claimed on waivers. We find out who ends up on practice squads. But it was a bit of a surprise, Chris that the Vikings, after keeping Manning and Mond throughout the offseason program, throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, just decide, cut down day, both are gone. It is crazy. I, mean, I, I wouldn't have thought that would have happened. I thought it would have been one or the other for sure. You know, But obviously it was to the point where they were you know, not practicing well enough, not playing well enough to blow the doors off there to where they didn't feel comfortable with having either one as a backup. You know, I like Kellen Mond's talent. You know, we kind of went through it preseason game one. He did a few things. I kept going, man, I wish he'd let it go and throw the fireball. You know, preseason game number two did some good things, threw the ball with a little more authority and to the potential of his arm, but had one really bad interception, you know, at the end of the game, had another interception early on where he didn't kind of feel the pocket and had somebody in his face. So, obviously, they went into the year going, wait, we got a pretty good offense, and I don't trust either one of these guys. And with it being a new regime and that not being, you know, in, in, in handcuffs as far as this is our guy, all right, I, I think they just went, man, that, that's enough. We're going to go with a guy that we trust and has played a little football, knows the, this offense a little bit, you know. Nick Mullins was in the Shanahan offense to a degree. I would think this has some similarities to it with uh, O'Connell uh, coming from, from the Rams. 
So that was, but it's still surprising to me. It is. And to me, it, it makes me delve into, is there something more there within the Kellen Mond? You know, is, is it more than just a play on the field? You know, is there something about the guy that's not like there in Minnesota? Because we know Zimmer didn't seem like he was in love with him either. So I don't like shocked. anybody. Yeah, you know, well, maybe he does it. But I was shocked. And you know me, I was kind of a backer of, of Kellen Mom when he was coming out in the draft. By the way, I did get busted coming out of the B-roll, scratching my back. I got an itch right here, and I've been trying to get to it, and it's really annoying. I need to keep a back scratcher, back scratcher, butt scratcher up here in my uh, in my office. Um, anyway, uh, it just and it's not just Minnesota in the NFC North that has gone through this. The Lions also on cutdown day, yeah. getting rid of Tim Boyle and now David Blau. It just seems to me, Chris, far from ideal to have two guys that you keep for all that time, all that effort, all that developmental opportunity, and they're just flushed Yeah, as we get within days, literally, of the start of the regular season. Because now what do you do for your backup quarterback? The Lions reportedly bringing in Nate Sudfeld. The Vikings had traded for Nick Mullins. At least they made their arrangements before they did the cut-down yeah, day massacre right. of their quarterback room. But it, it's just odd to me. I can't remember many occasions where teams got rid of their entire complement of backup quarterbacks on cut-down. No, it, it definitely a head-scratcher to me, too. You know, There's got to be a point in the offseason where you start to go, wait, are these really going to be our backups? And that's before training camp. You know, And again, it, I... I I, I can understand the Detroit one a little bit, you know, maybe more than Minnesota because I look at Minnesota and go, I think Kellen still got talent. I mean, I could see his arm and things he does, and we saw that scramble in the preseason where I go, this is pretty damn yeah. good. You know, Blau and Boyle, I understand. I was always going, damn, are they really going to be the backups? Really? Those two are going to be the backups in the NFL? So, yeah, Nate Sudfeld being there, you know, that that certainly makes sense. And then I still think – you know, as we're talking about this, yeah, 53-man rosters are set for now for a little bit. But I got to think teams like this are looking at, you know, Mason, Mason Rudolph, a guy that go, well, are they really going to keep him? Or is it, you know, they're just keeping him here for an extra few days until they really got to, you know, make a move and get the right 53 on, on the roster. So uh, I think there's still a little, you know, meat left on the bone, I guess, uh, as they say in this subject and, and where this goes with, with some of these guys. And that's an important thing to keep in mind, especially if you're one of the guys at the bottom one of these rosters. You are not guaranteed a job even as soon as week one because there will be constant churning. There will be waiver claims today, and in order to make room for the guys claimed on waivers, they're going to have to cut somebody who had made the team as of yesterday. Don't exhale yet, and there will be this constant churn all year long. Bottom five, ten spots of the roster always seem to be changing for whatever reason, because of injury, because of ineffectiveness, whatever. Right. We need to bring in somebody else, so you've got to go. It's not about you. It's about the fact that we need a backup center or we need a backup running back or we need this or we need that. It's just a numbers game, and we have to let you go, and that happens all the time. You mentioned the Steelers with Mason Rudolph. They're reportedly waiting to be blown away by a trade offer. They otherwise will keep three guys on the 53-man roster. The Dolphins keeping rookie Skylar Thompson, seventh rounder from Kansas State on the roster with Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Teddy Bridgewater for very different reasons. They're not trying to set up a trade. They're trying to set up a potential future yeah, for Skylar Thompson. Right. Here's Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel from yesterday talking about their decision 
to keep him on the roster. Was Skyler a no-brainer ultimately? Was he that good in preseason where it didn't even require much thought, guys? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's – yeah, so he played very well. Um, again, another guy that comes in, he just works every day. He's won over his teammates um, through his work ethic, and, you know, uh, he went out and balled. And another one, we got calls again, people asking what we were going to do, and, and they're all saying, you know, you guys would be – stupid to let him go and there was no thought about us doing no, it we're out in the business of being stupid <laughs> and and that's the best way to put it and look we don't know what Skylar Thompson's going to be it doesn't mean that he's going to be the starting quarterback no, in Miami right at any point but what it means is they see enough in him that it would be stupid to let him go and I I, I saw a picture of him we wrote a story about him last night and he wears number 19 and it made me think of another guy who wore number 19 for the Colts the Steelers cut John Unitas at one point. Crazy. He was playing semi-pro football for the Bloomfield Rams in Pittsburgh. Wow. And and eventually he becomes one of the all-time greats. So if you have a guy that you think has something at that position, touches the ball every play. As McDaniel later said about the quarterback position generally, he's not aware of any team that had – that was bad because it had too many good quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, 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 you've got three good quarterbacks, you keep them, and you figure it out later. No and, question. Uh, you know, you're, you're trading out that roster spot for a truly bottom-of-the-roster guy who's maybe going to be a special teams contributor. You, you keep that third quarterback. You develop Skylar Thompson. You see where he's going to take you for now. And it may be nowhere. But you don't want him to take somebody else somewhere because you were too hasty to give up on him. Well, at, at, the, at the very least, like to, to what you're saying there, yeah, maybe not starting quarterback, but potential to be that. And then you keep him because you go, wait, he could potentially be our backup here for a long, long time. Like he's got that type of talent too. But let alone size, good athlete, and then – you know, showed the ability to digest the offense. And then Mike, just like we were talking about with like Josh Allen a little bit, you know, could just make some plays and some throws that, yeah, it's not about the offense. It's just the guy here, you know, and I'm not trying to compare him to Josh Allen, but you know, there was a few throws in every game where he went, damn, there's 40 yards down the sideline on the money. Perfect. You know, whoa, little pressure in the pocket, 25 yard crosser. Wow. So it wasn't just like system BS. He showed the ability to, you know, make some plays with his pure physical ability, and that's why you keep him. You do. And, yeah, okay, it's three guys on the roster, a quarterback. You know, it's, it's, it's not always seen to be the great thing here in football, but I look at it and go, okay, Tua, we know it's a big year, right? Teddy Bridgewater, I could see this be, you know, a one-and-done type of thing. He's kind of the – if Tua doesn't work, he comes in. If Tua doesn't work – all right, they're going to look for a big-time starting quarterback next year. And now you got a guy like, oh, hey, here's Skylar Thompson, who can be our great backup and knows the system and all of that. So, you know, and, and maybe has the future potential to be a starting quarterback. Uh, so I think it's a win-win there. And, and, you know, good for him. Kid from Kansas State coming out and really just, you know, forcing himself on a roster with his play. Uh, pretty damn special preseason for him. The eighth quarterback taken in the draft this year in round seven, the last quarterback taken was Brock Purdy, uh, who did survive in San Francisco as one of the backups there. But, you know, it's not about needing the quarterback. It's about developing the quarterback. And at some point, even if he doesn't become a starter in Miami, he's a guy they could flip. 
He's an asset sure. they can grow and develop. You water, you nurture this plant that turns into a flower that somebody else wants to pull out of the garden at some point down the road if he ends up not being the guy that that you think he could be for you. For now, though, every reason to let it play out, see if this continues, preseason next year, just see how it goes. How does he deal with himself in practice? How does he grow? How does he develop? How locked in is he? How hard does he work? Does he exhibit, exhibit uh, leadership traits and and are they developing throughout his rookie year you know a lot of it is unwritten and they don't want to throw that book away just yet because it could end in a very good spot for the Dolphins it did not end in a very good spot Chris for the Raiders 17th overall pick in the 2021 draft Alex Leatherwood all options were on the table as of this past weekend they could trade him they could put him at guard put him at tackle or they could put him out the door. That's what they've done. They've cut him. His salary's guaranteed through 2024. He's got three years left under contract, fully guaranteed all the way through. Just couldn't get it done. And another failure of the Gruden Mayock regime. And it's Gruden big letters, Mayock small letters. 100%. Gruden was running that show. But what a shit show it was. In 2019, 2020, and 2021, when it was Mayock and Gruden together making those picks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you know, we, we know Mayock was the GM, but John Gruden had full power. He was he was running things. No pick was made without his consent. And really, I, I would think almost all picks were made, you know, because he says, let's make that pick there. And, and yeah, you know, a lot of shiny objects with issues all over the board there. Oh, Clemson, Clellan, Farrell, all that. I mean, that's, that may be one of the worst picks in the draft in the last 10 years. At number, at Clellan, Farrell, at number, what was that, four in that draft? I mean, he, he, he can't even get on the field. You know, Josh Jacobs, okay, that's been good. Jonathan Abrams, eh, it's been a little all over the place. Rugs, you know, got un- that's unfortunate. They got unlucky there because that looked like it was going to work out. Damon Arnett overdrafted and had off-the-field concerns. You know, but take a chance. Alex Leatherwood, yeah, potential, right? Big, strong guy, but damn, watching the film and all that when he was coming out in the draft, me, others were going, I don't, I mean, I don't, he's not a first round lineman. What? They're taking him at pick 18? Whoa. And so, I, you know, I think it says it all. You got Josh McDaniels and New England staff there. You know, they understand Alabama guys and what they are. New England loves Alabama guys. And obviously, it didn't match up. And obviously, there's more than what it's on the field. On the field, it's just less than. I was talking about this with my father a little bit the other day. Guard, tackle, whatever. The biggest thing is he can't pass protect. So it's hard to play in the NFL in a Josh McDaniels offense, and you can't be relied on to pass protect. He just can't move his feet and stay with people that way. So I think they looked at that and just said, the hell with it. We're out of here, and we'll just take our lumps and, and try to rebuild this O-line. A lot easier for a new regime to do that. I yeah. have a feeling if Gruden was still there, they'd, yeah, they'd be making a work. Alex Leatherwood. Right. Because they don't want to admit to the world that they screwed up. Right. Josh McDaniels has no compulsion, no reason, no purpose. If anything, it makes him look better because it makes the prior regime look even more inept. And as to Farrell, and I will say this, I, I remember sitting in this chair saying after – Farrell was the fourth overall pick, and people were like, well, where did he come from? I said, hey, you know, Mike Mayock wasn't in the media to tell us about him. Right. That's why we didn't know about him. Right. And uh, 
Yeah, uh, even though I was sitting was here that. telling you, well, I know something and I know yeah, about them. No, man. but I understand. You know, again, it happens. It's not. It's not easy. But why did they fall in love with the guy? It's what Clemson. Did do? How did they get duped? It's Clemson, and whoa, he's on that team, and you know, he had all the right, I think, intangibles as far as off the field that you liked. But it was one of those, Mike, and I will say this, it's a similar body and a similar look to Kayvon Thibodeau that's coming out in Oregon, which scares the crap out of me as a Giants fan. But a lot of sacks where you go, well, that wasn't really that good. It was, like the, the, Everybody was covered and the quarterback had a scrambled. Or they tricked him with a blitz and he didn't have anybody blocking him and he got a sack. you got to evaluate it for what it is. You can't just go, well, Clemson and sacks. Whoa, that's good. No, you know. There's been other guys where I go, they never get a sack. Like the kid from Baltimore, Adafi away from Penn State, never got a sack. But, damn, he was beating people left and right all the time. It's just, you know, it, college football, they get it out as a screen. It's a read option. He was, he was dominant. He was doing it, you know, the right way, the way you want it to be done. And people fall in that trap sometimes. It's not easy. Again, I've, I've messed up a lot of guys, too. I thought Kellen Mond was better than Justin Fields. I'm going to eat that crap for sure. I'm definitely going to eat that crap. Justin Fields is better than Kellen Mond, and that ain't, that ain't going to change. You know, I, I hadn't thought of this before, but really for a pass rusher, getting the sack is icing the cake. But there's a lot of cake you can bake that doesn't need icing. That's right. pretty damn good. The F the play up, right? I mean, that's yeah. where we, 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 we don't need Aaron Donald to get 20 sacks a year for us to realize <laughs> he's unblockable and he's the best D lineman in football. We watch the game and we go, man, he messed that play up. He messed that play up. He messed that play up. Oh, okay, Leonard Floyd got the sack. This guy got the sack. Oh, the quarterback threw the ball, but it was a bad errant throw. Why? Oh, because Aaron Donald was in the quarterback's face. He had to just get it out of his hand. You know, yes, it's way more than sacks, and that gets overlooked at that position too much. Some of the analytics experts out there actually downgrade him against the run because he creates such yeah gaps at times right right when he destroys the interior offensive line that the running back just says hey i'm gonna run where that guy was sure and he's not he's not there to make the tackle because he has destroyed the offensive line and he's 10 yards into the backfield uh real quickly speaking of backfields we knew that damian pierce was emerging as the starter for the houston texans as a rookie we didn't expect that they would say see you later to veteran marlon mack but they did and my son and I were talking about this yesterday because he was surprised because, you know, a running back gets name recognition. People think he's good. He's desirable, like a Philip Lindsay who was cut yesterday by the Colts. Here's the problem. It's a numbers game. And the older you are. Yes. And you don't have to be around very long to be too old for this in the NFL. They're not going to carry a third running back who's not playing special teams. Definitely not. They're just not. They'll get a guy fresh out of school with a minimum contract that is much lower than the Marlon Mack, Philip Lindsay minimum. And that guy will be on every special team. Yeah. And if you need him, he'll he'll take a rep or two on offense. But Marlon Mack's not going to do that. Philip Lindsay's not going to do that. Veteran running backs are not going to play special teams. No, they're not. You're exactly right. There's value in that. He's a guy that's been, you know, injured the last few years, right? He didn't show like great explosive ability. And I'm trying to look here just to look at it as far as what exact year is, because you you're right as far as when you get to year six or eight in the NFL, you if you're not just an absolute stud or on the top end of the roster, you're expendable. And they start to go, wait, we can we can save $600,000, a half a million dollars on the salary cap uh, because this guy, you know, is, is, is making the veteran minimum in year six or eight or whatever, and we don't want to pay that. 
and we got other guys there, and they got guys you know on their roster that that are worthy to playing. You know, again, Damian Damian Pierce, the man, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman, right? They're comfortable with that group, and they're going to play special teams, like you said. So um, it's a shame for Marlon Mack, a guy that was looking like he was going to be a chance to be a starting NFL running back. He got hurt in Indianapolis, and I don't know if it'll ever be the same. We'll see. That is the thing about – It's eight years. Is that what you said, Courtney? Scale. Six. Okay, six. Thank you. Sorry. Rookie wage scale and the, the lower minimum salaries for the younger players, that's how it hurts veterans. Yeah. Because it allows teams to engage in a very dehumanizing, objective, dollars-driven assessment of who I'm going to keep. And it's close enough. I'm going to keep the younger guy. I'm going to keep the cheaper guy. I'm going to keep the guy who can do more things. Right. Why wouldn't I? And that that higher veteran minimum salary ends up screwing a player out of a job. And now, again, there's an opportunity to be on the practice squad. No matter your years of experience, we'll, we'll see what happens. But that's why running backs don't last very long in the NFL. I remember being stunned when I was a kid saying the aver- hearing that the average duration of a running back's career was like three or four years. You, whether it's injury or whether it's just you're too expensive and there's too many younger guys who can do it, you're going to be gone. We're gone for just a minute or two. When we return... We're going to predict the order of finish of the four teams in one of the more competitive divisions in football, the NFC West. We'll do that next on this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, Matthew, uh, the first thing that I wanted to do is since we're reliving the moment, we've got the confetti here, but we don't have the images. Yes. But guess what? I've got an iPad video for you to watch. So you could just press play on that. That'd be great. That was the best part of my night, to be honest with you. Really, that's all my kids wanted to do. They they knew that there was going to be confetti if we won, so I was just excited to play with them in it. Uh, It's Hunty having a good time. She turned four yesterday, so she's, yeah. There's a great picture, actually, of her and Andrew Whitworth that everybody thought was wits little girl and uh it was so fun it was it was honestly so many great people family event um at the at the uh, at the end it was it was so fun my girls were having a blast they don't really grasp the whole uh you know meaning of what they're doing right there but uh they were they were having a good time awesome stuff and a great setup there the strategically placed lombardi trophy in the background, just blurred a little bit. Just a reminder, just a reminder, they're hanging a banner in eight nights. It's not confetti going down. It's banner going up for the L.A. Rams. There's how they finished last year, Chris. Let's, uh, let's, let's play a little game here. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that I'm looking forward to this. Uh, let's stack them fourth to first place on how we think they're going to finish in the division. All right, cool. Well, we know I who didn't, four I didn't is. Realize, I didn't realize we were going to do what? Who's for? Seahawks? The Seahawks. I'm definitely going the Seahawks yeah. for Yeah. So there's no way I'm putting them anywhere but that. So that one to me is is easy. I, I don't think they're on the level of the other teams. And, I mean, gosh, 
the vote of, vote of confidence for Geno wasn't all that great as a starting quarterback. So there's, there's, there's things no, that I don't the like. The competition there. still continues. I, 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 Pete Carroll said it yesterday. Competition isn't over. They're just waiting for the opportunity for, to, to put Drew Locke on the field. Apparently. I just think that they, they, they believe Geno Smith gives the best chance to, to beat Russell Wilson. I wonder if they weren't playing the Broncos and Russell Wilson right out of the gates. I wonder if it wouldn't be Drew Locke to give them a couple of games to get ready for whenever they see Russell Wilson. Maybe. I wonder that. Maybe. I wonder how much the decision is influenced by the yeah. fact that they need the guy who gives them the best chance right now right. to win. And they don't and want they Drew Locke playing right his old now. team and doing something right. crazy, aggressive, and, and all and that. Trying to you. do too much, three interceptions right. by halftime. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I yeah. hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And you know what? I hate, to, I hate to do this. I hate to do this. And I'm going to be on with my friends at KJR Radio later today who – I constantly tell them, don't write off the Seahawks. They're in Seattle. The sky is falling. Pete Carroll's always found a way to be competitive. But among these four teams, who else are you going to put there? Of you put the Cardinals there? Right. No. No. The Seahawks. That that The shoe fits for now. It's up to them to bust their foot out of it. Definitely. I just There's too many things I don't like right now about their football team. We like their receivers. We know that. But offensive line, Okay. You know, below probably below average NFL at least for right now to start the year. Defensive line, not a lot, not many blue chippers there. Anything to go? Oh wow! Secondary, other than Jamal Adams, no negative Ghost Rider. You know they got a good middle linebacker and Brooks got a Texas Tech who's taking the Bobby Wagger position, but that's not enough to say it's going to get it done in this division. It's a division of all stars. There's ballers everywhere on all three of these teams we're about to talk about. Okay. I don't think we need to talk much about third place because I have a feeling we both are going to say the Cardinals. Yes, the we are. Is who are we picking to win it, right? Yeah. So all due respect to the Cardinals, we talked about you plenty, especially well, because of the whole Kyler Murray homework clause. I'll let you. I'll give you the floor if you want to talk about why you have the Cardinals third. I just wanted to get to the meat of the conversation. Yeah, I got you. Who's two and who's one? But what do you want to say about the Cardinals? Well, just real quick. I mean, you know, no DeAndre Hopkins. That that's not great. You know, hey, I, the offensive line, okay, certainly. You know, but but. Like, I don't look at the team and go, oh, they got a lot better this offseason. In fact, I, I don't look at them getting better at all. You know, they lost some, some key pieces on their defense. I look at their defense and go, okay, like, wh- where Isaiah Simmons is a question mark. Zayvon Collins, okay, I like him at middle linebacker. Buda Baker, awesome. Byron Murphy Jr., really good. But the front seven is, is a little scary to me. There's lack of size. You know, there's no, um, you know, what's his name who went to the Raiders, the pass rusher? Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones. You know, I, I just look at that and go, man, those are like easy guys to replace. You look at the blue chip guys on their defensive line and you go, well, the front seven, J.J. Watt's that guy. J.J. Watt's not the guy you want to be the blue chip guy in year 13 of his career. So I just look at that and go, yeah, I got, I got some concerns there. I'm not sure. There's a part of me that goes, I'm not sure they're going to be as good as last year. I'm not sure about that. So they're, they're a team that I'm a little, like, in flux with, for sure. All right, so now we have to figure out who's two and who's one. And I'm going to go first here. Yeah, cool. And, and, and you know, if I was actually going to be in L.A., that would probably be some sort of a subconscious influence on me. It always was when I would pick the next Super Bowl champion the night that we're in the stadium, uh, potentially facing hostility from the folks who, some of whom possibly aware that we're going to pick somebody else to be the champion. I think the 49ers are going to win the division. I'm I, with you. I think I do. I'm I with really you. do. Yes. 49ers won, Rams two. Sorry, Rams, but there's got to be a bit of a hangover from winning the Super Bowl. 
you go back to the Valley of Zero and Zero, and everybody is coming after you, and you know that Kyle Shannon is going to be more motivated than ever to kick the Rams' ass if he gets the opportunity, and he will twice, maybe a third time. He's got to, he's got to be so much more motivated by that than Sean McVay will be when they get together. And, and I like how they've handled the Garoppolo thing. They did it in part because, as you said, they're on a Super Bowl roster. They don't want to screw up their chance of trying to do it. And they're, I don't know if they're going to get to the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to pick off the Rams as the division champions. I'm with you there. I am too. You know, again, it's Super Bowl hangover. I always worry about that a little bit, definitely, you know. But ultimately, I think the 49ers roster is better. I think even with the Trey Lance question, like Shanahan, regular season mode, game planning, tricks, everybody at his disposal. Hey, we got Debo and Ayuk and Kittle out here. My run game, an offensive line that I think is going to be better than it has been the last few years. We know the defense is pretty damn special. Uh, and I think that can actually be better as well. So I'm I'm with you. I think the 49ers, you know, arguably have the best best roster in the game. It's just they got to get the quarterback situation situation settled. And and to your point with the Rams Super Bowl hangover, okay, you know, no OBJ right now, no Von Miller. Troy Reader was a pretty good middle linebacker. You know, they lose some big guy. They lose some big guys on both sides of the ball. No Whitworth. No Austin Corbett. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day gone. There's another defensive tackle I was thinking of that they lost too. So I just look at that and go, those are Darius Williams, good corner. I just go, those those are not easy, like replaceable. I didn't look at the Rams and go, hmm, they won the Super Bowl, and I think they even got a little bit better. No, I I don't. They stayed the same or maybe got less, and I think the 49ers got better. I'm going to give the edge to the 49ers for sure. I'm with you, Mike. You know, the margins are so thin. Yeah. In today's NFL, remember this. Rams have first-place schedule. 49ers have third-place schedule. Big time. That now means, without getting too deep into the weeds, there are three games, three games this year, where the Rams play the team that finished first in that division last year and the 49ers play the team that finished third. Used to be two. Yep. Now it's three. Right. Three games like that. that. That may be enough right there to make the difference and create the opening for the 49ers. Let's take a break. John Gruden had some things to say yesterday. We'll let you hear what he said, and then we may say a few things about what he said. PFT Live, back after this. I'm not going to say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has... uh, come about in these emails and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just, it's, it's shameful, but uh, I am a good person. I believe that I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. I got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness and hopefully I get another shot. But I, I get, I get choked up, you know, because, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there right now. What you read, what you hear, what you watch on TV. Hell, I worked at ESPN for nine years. I worked hard at that job. I don't even want to watch the channel anymore uh, because I don't believe everything is true. Uh, and I know a lot of it is, is just trying to get people to watch. But I think we got to get back to reality, and that's why I look forward to Saturdays because you're going to get what you deserve when the whistle blows, and we'll see if the Razorbacks can get after Cincinnati, which I hope they do. 
That is just such an odd context. John Gruden speaking at the Little Rock Touchdown Club for some reason and presumably for some money. And Chris, defiance from Gruden. Hey, nobody else. You know, he, he, they, I could see Coach Gruden coming out there. Nobody else in this room can say they haven't made a mistake. And I don't know how I feel about – well, I do know how I feel about I, I'm a good person because I go to church and I've been married 31 years. Heaven, if I manage to get there, and I'm betting the under for now, is going to be a lot more crowded than I thought if all you have to do is go to church to get in. Yes. And claim to people, you don't even have to go to church. You just have to say, I go to church. We haven't seen his attendance record. Hey, I'm a good person. I go to church. That's not the most self-aware comment that a guy like John Gruden could make. No, no, definitely not. You know, again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a bad guy. I'm not. Is he, you know, his judgment off at times? Can he be too judgmental and get then hot-headed about those kind of subjects that can lead him down a path of where you go, whoa, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't write that. I wouldn't say that. In fact, you should erase that from even thinking that. That's not good. Yeah, sure, he's had some moments of that. There's no doubt about it. And he's going to pay for it. And, you know, again, it's, it's, I don't want to sit here and be the judge of the jury. You know, I've, seen, I've been around John Gruden and seen a lot of good. There's no doubt about that. But, but at the same time, I think for the line he crossed and the language that he did use in the emails, and then, you know, we hear that there's more emails out there a little bit you know, last week from, from the NFL a little bit in the court filing where tread I Tread lightly. Well, yeah. I'm saying John Gruden, tread lightly. Because right. th- that's right. The last time we talked about it, they claimed to have more exactly. when he was the Raiders coach. So that, that to, and then now, okay, you, you know, yeah, a good person, but good enough person to be a guy that's going to lead a franchise and be the face of that franchise and do that. I, I think that time has come and gone. I'm sorry. You know, Not I, in the NFL. Yeah. And I you don't sued think the NFL and Roger Goodell. Right. You sued them. We saw what happened to Colin Kaepernick. Uh, and it's wrong, but that's the way the sausage gets made. There's too many viable candidates to be head coaches of the NFL's 32 franchises for Gruden to be on the short list ever again without even getting to the fact that he didn't get to the playoffs with the Raiders. The fact that he was ultimately in control of a roster that resulted in the draft picks we talked about earlier from Cleveland Farrell to Henry Ruggs to Damon Arnett to Alex Leatherwood. 17th overall pick just last April and now gone. That's on Gruden's resume, too. He's not getting back into the NFL. No way. And look, Chris, I mean, bottom line, we got to take a break, but the bottom line is this. You know, we, I, I've, I've met Gruden. I've interviewed him a couple of times. I know he doesn't like me because I call it like it is, and I'm not two-faced. His biggest problem is he is ridiculously two-faced. You've told the stories in the past. He has one way he'll act to you to your face. He has another way he'll act behind your back. He'll, have, he'll, he'll say one thing here. He'll say something else there. So I can't believe anything the guy says. Because right, he put on his John Gruden public face yesterday because he wants back in. We don't know what he's saying privately, but we know he's got a history of saying one thing here and another thing here. Well, that, you know, there, there, there's no doubt. It's, I can't defend that for sure. There, there's a part of him that is so real and it's awesome, but then there's a part that, yes, as you said, I think the num- first off, like we've always talked about, he got fired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and won a Super Bowl. I mean, you didn't hear one guy there go, wow, I can't believe we just fired our Super Bowl winning head coach. Nobody. So that, 
that had trickled through the building as far as figuring out some of the things we've talked about. Definitely, yeah. You know, saying one thing in the meeting room, coming out and seeing a guy and saying totally different to that guy what you were saying to everybody else in the meeting room. You know, yeah, players are going to realize that. And that's a, that, that is tough to overcome in a locker room when you're not real like that all the time. Uh, that's where we get into, you know, some of these Shanahan, McVeighs. They have a, a way of communicating realness about him. Even Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, their own ways. John Harbaugh, Andy Reid. Might not always be nice. Might always not be the thing you wanted to hear as a player, but you know exactly where the hell you stand. And I think that was a lot of the players' issues with, with John Gruden at times. And you add this on top of it, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think there's a, any way he gets back in the NFL. John Gruden giving off some bad vibes from my perspective yesterday. When we return our draft of the teams going into the 2022 regular season, maybe giving off some bad vibes. We'll do that next here on the Line. I don't think you really know where your team is until you get to about midseason, you know, mid-October, play five, six, seven games, match up against some different teams, see for real what your strengths and weaknesses are, and, uh, and your opponents as well. So, you know, what it looks like on paper and what it is in preseason and what it is in the regular season, I don't think they're all the same. People really start attacking you, you start attacking other people, you, you get a much better feel for what what your problems are, maybe what your strengths are, how good they actually are. So, yeah, let's see. They always chatty Bill Belichick with some real truths, and it is a long season, and teams get better and get worse from the moment week one arrives until the moment the confetti falls at the Super Bowl. So as we enter the 2022 regular season. It begins just eight days from now. The team's giving off bad vibes. We did good vibes yesterday. This is the counterbalance. We're not being negative. We were positive yesterday. Today, bad vibes. Chris, you're up first. You right, I'm going to go right there. I'm going to stay in. I'm going to stay in New England. I. It, it, I, I mean, it's just the vibes aren't great. And again, you know, I. I like the way Mac Jones looked. I'm going to say that again. Mac Jones looked really good. He made a bonehead play in the, the game against the Raiders. There's no doubt. But, man, he looked quicker. His arm looks good, all that. The offense does not look the same. It does not. And now we have a guy that's an offensive line coach. He's been on the defensive side of the ball all the time, and they're trying to go into a zone blocking scheme instead of the man blocking scheme that you know brought them to 74 Super Bowls in 20 years. I mean, I don't – so there's that. It's not easy to replace. I don't care if Bill Belichick's your head coach or not. He's the greatest head coach in the history of sports. But Josh McDaniels knows more about offense and quarterback play than Bill Belichick right now. I mean, as far as being able to coach it, the day-to-day detail, creativity, all that, that's not easily lost. And then you throw in some, oh, Tyquan Thornton, they got some speed finally. Oh, he's hurt. Oh, wait, the Wilkerson kid. Oh, damn, he's hurt too. You know, well, we're looking forward to them and their weapons. So I, I'm going to go with them. I, it's the first time in forever that I, I can remember having this feeling about the Patriots. I agree with you, and they were on my list. Another one at the top of my list, the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Look, we've already established they're on that seesaw Viking-style roller coaster of playoffs, no playoffs, playoffs, no playoffs. Last year they were 12-5 and five and they won the division. Unexpectedly better than we thought they'd be. And then bye-bye Amari Cooper. The, the Cedric Wilson 
gone. Who's going to step up and play receiver? They're yeah. still waiting for Michael Gallup. They had the injury to James Washington, the guy they signed from the Steelers. Right. They have the injury to Tyron Smith now. The offensive line, who who knows what uh-huh. Tyler Smith is going to do at left tackle. They seem to be stubbornly committed to Ezekiel Elliott in the running game. Tony Pollard's going to get some work at slot receiver. I don't know. And like you said yesterday, last year the defense was artificially perceived as being great because it didn't take much to be better than the Mike Nolan debacle of 2020. Will it still be as good this year, especially with Randy Gregory gone? So I just think that we get a lot of hype. We get a lot of bluster from the ultimate showman and carnival barker and Jerry Jones. When you start playing the games, you see what the reality is. And I have a feeling it's, it's, it's not going to be as good for the Cowboys as they want us to think. Yeah, I, 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 I feel you there, too. They were definitely on my list. I don't know what to think of them. I don't, you know, and you, you laid it out perfectly. And then I think you couple on like, oh, the, I mean, the first preseason game against the Broncos, there's holding everywhere like there was last year with pass interferences and all that. I mean, so they're definitely one of those teams that I question, and I'm just not sure exactly where they're going to be when it's all said and done at the end of this year. Um, Seattle Seahawks are the next one I'm going to go with. Damn it. Yes, sorry. Two days in a row you've taken my second pick. Boom, yes. Yeah, I got to go there. I mean, we've we've just discussed it too many times here. And the quarterback battle, that seems weird. I mean, the guy throws like three interceptions in a game, two of the worst ones you're ever going to see, a guy who's been around the NFL throw, and they're going, hey, it's still a competition. It just seems weird. You know, the play's been sloppy in every game. You know, we, we watched the, the Monday night game against the Bears, right? I mean, there was penalties, false starts, holdings. I mean, it was just it was everything. And it just to where you go, whoa, okay. I mean, so what, what is there to jump on there? And, and then, of course, yeah, I think just the overall roster to go with it, I just I don't get a lot of good vibes there in Seattle at all. And you throw on top of it that there is a very real perception that Jody Allen – who inherited the reins after her brother Paul died. It's just a matter of time before that team gets sold. So they're in kind of a weird rudderless period now. And Pete Carroll, is he on the hot seat? Is John Schneider on the hot seat? Do they keep him around, let the next owner make a decision? I think by two years from now, when the 2024 regular season begins, they'll be for sale or maybe sold. We'll see. But that's another reason to just have a weird vibe right now about the Seahawks. I'll go with... The Browns. How can you not go with the Browns with Deshaun Watson and yeah. everything about that? And no what question. Due to this team, it, it they can change it. It's up to them. They go out there with Jacoby Brissett and maybe get hot and win some games. They got a tough start to the season, and and there are clearly bad vibrations because it's been bad news around Watson that has dominated the off season. Yes, and then your starting quarterback Jacoby Brissett, right, doesn't play the first two preseason games and then plays in preseason game number three, and it doesn't look all that sharp. Uh, and, and, like, playing against the number two defense, it takes, like, to drive, you know, I'm, I'm guesstimating here because I did watch the film. I just can't – five drives before they really do anything. So, I just – it's weird. Yeah, they, they've done this to themselves. They literally were like, hey, wait, wait, we want to get off bad vibes here in the preseason. So, we probably should have picked them first, but it was so obvious we just let, let it sit there. Let's take a break. We got one more choice each as we wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this.
One more round of our draft of the teams giving off bad vibes to counterbalance yesterday's draft of the team giving off good vibes. Chris, who do you have? Well, there's not like a ton of other ones. I think I think we hit the obvious four, at least in, in my opinion. And you got to work hard to get bad vibes in training camp, really. Here's one I'm going to give you a little bit, though. The Denver Broncos. It's not that they're Ooh. bad vibes, but they're not good vibes. I don't, I don't know. I, we're all just going, well, they got Russell Wilson. They're going to be good. And I just oh, I go, well, okay. I, maybe. I'm not sold on that. You know, yeah, it's good secondary. Vic Fangio is not easy to replace on the defensive side of the ball. Who's special in the front seven? I know Cortland Sutton has shown he can be awesome, but, man, it, you know, we've got to see it again here. K.J. Hamler, I don't know. Jerry Judy has shown a little bit, but we don't know. O-line's middle of the road. So I just feel like we're all just giving them it, and it's, they haven't looked all that impressive in preseason. So that's where I just let's ride. I'm not sure about them. All right, you said it, not me. All I said was let's ride. I can go with the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I, the Jets. Yeah, poor Jets. I poor know, pathetic, hapless Jets. I, I. Feel it's like bad, bad luck vibes. And it's just look. They got the Bills. They got the Patriots. They got the Dolphins. It's the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Texans. that are the three teams in the toughest spot in the AFC. Maybe the Jaguars. Yes. You had them on the good vibes draft yesterday, but the poor, the poor Jets. I know. It, I feel like the, at Lose least your they have a Super Bowl trophy from 50 years ago. Yeah, right. Lose your quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're hapless Vikings, don't. <laughs> have a great Wednesday, everybody. See you tomorrow. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.